Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're concluding our series on decision-making. Yep, we have made it through. We made a point to keep it simple and pointed, and that's what we've done. Looked at being intentional, being timely, and operating out of a stance of poise. And in those sort of attributes to help us make a decision, Carl, we wanted to take the opportunity in this podcast to sort of be grounded in reality. What we like to say, considering giving us an opportunity to kind of speak to these strategies in a real life situation. Exactly. So we want to return and revisit our struggling decision makers that we met at the beginning of the series. And we talked about the waffler, sort of that person who is the decision maker that kind of changes the decision based on whoever is unhappy or whoever flatters them or whoever has more of an agenda or whoever they want to appease. Those are negative terms, but it's sort of in reality, they are not really sure why they're making a decision. It keeps changing on it everyone. It keeps changing. Mm-hmm. People come to work and it's different the next day. And we also begin our introduction talking about that rash decision maker, sort of just makes a decision, shoots from the hip, doesn't really consider any consequences or gathers any data. That's right. Ready, fire, aim. Also, we discussed the person who's sort of on the fence, so sort of tries to put off making a decision as long as possible. Just... Wants to appear of like going to have it both ways and there is no fence to sit on. And then we have the person who just doesn't make any decisions. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. no progress happens. No change <laughs> happens. Nothing gets done. It's frustrating. Things stay in chaos or... Oh, people stuck. are re- printing out reports forever, gathering data, getting more information. Nothing moves forward. So although <laughs> we have talked about these negatively, they are, in a sense, negative attributes to what we assume are just normal people in normal circumstances. That's right. And what we want to point out is, and why we point out the negative is what we want to point out is if you're not making a decision based on these sound principles, then chances are you hate making decisions, that you feel attacked when any decision you make is attacked, Mm -hmm. and you're probably not making a decision, putting it off, or it's taking too much time. That's right. So we put these out there to give you a chance to, do you see yourself in any of these? Do you see, you may not feel like a waffler, but do you see people complaining, things keep changing on them? And if you see yourself in one of these and it's not working for you, then let's um, get together and play out some of these alternatives with um, intentionality, timeliness, and poise. So what I'd like to do is just kind of go through those four types of decision makers with you and see if what kind of help you would offer that kind of person to help them be better decision makers using the principles and the strategies that we have, we have laid forth. So let's start with the waffler, Carl. I'm sure you work with a lot of wafflers in your consulting (laughs) practice. People who are just always flip-flopping want to be in a sense, want to make the right decision, but are always kind of flip-flopping that decision. It's true. It's true. And again, that has to do with getting grounded in reality. And these people are grounded in reality, but they're grounded in the wrong realities. One of those is politics, and not negative politics necessarily, but just the politics of different divisions and different constituencies having different needs and different agendas. And so you're trying to please your clients, you're trying to please your supervisor, and when they have different um, desires from you, you um, change your mind as you're trying to give them what they want. Well, that's in one sense a nice goal to have, but obviously when you're going back and forth, it's not going to work for you. So in your practice, if you work with this kind of waffler person, what do you tell them? How do you snap them out of this sort of bad decision-making process? Okay, so let's use our 
first segment we did on being intentional. We want to draw attention to is what they're focusing on is not the outcome they want to see happen. What they're focusing on is the response they're trying to generate from either a client, a supervisor, a staff team, a or a supplier. And uh, once we can you know, make that observation, what we want to do is we want to switch to the outcome that needs to happen. And then we can think about if that Getting to that outcome is going to be difficult for one of the constituencies to understand or somebody important is going to disagree with it. Then as a separate issue, we can think about how to communicate it to them and the reason and our rationale for doing so. But it won't interrupt us or redirect our thinking so that we kind of do this flip-flop. So really with this person, you with them, you would focus on being intentional. Exactly. Now, this person may have an issue with timeliness in the sense that if they are not recognizing that their context is an urgent one, using urgent context as our example, and they're changing their mind, then the issue of time gets exasperated because you use up time when you start down one path and run into opposition and so change your mind and go down another path. You know, usually you have to retrace some steps as well as go down another path. Time just gets destroyed when you flip-flop. And you're not saying you don't you should make a decision and not consider anyone about it. No, we're talking about when you get into a situation where you are changing your mind and it's not working for you. Now, remember, our larger framework here is one of reflect and decide, reflect and decide, uh, a stance of learning. We are suggesting that people not view their decisions as an all or nothing forever type event, that we watch the outcome, and if it's not working, we make adjustments. So there's adjusting, which is different than waffling, and that's an important distinction. We're not saying make a global forever type decision. We're just saying you can stick with it and stop the going back and forth if you're a little more focused on the outcome instead of the um, trouble you run into along the way. So moving on to the rash decision maker, what do you do when you work with people who just shoot from the hip? They make a decision. I mean, on the one hand, they're positives. They make decisions. They're That's right. We've got decision makers here. Yeah, they're doing what they can at the time. They're just you're doing it. But obviously, sometimes this runs into a problem and most likely... This person has the opposite effect of the waffler. Instead of, you know, people pleasing, they're taking people off left and right. That's right. Again, sometimes we've already said in the urgent situation, you almost have to be a quick decision maker. The problem here, though, is we're not grounded in reality because we haven't looked at anything at all. We just made a decision. So, and some people's intuition is very, is excellent and it doesn't get them into trouble. That's our talking point. That's where we would start is if you did pause, if you went against your gut, went against your natural nature and paused and talked to a few people, got some data, some information on what things would cost and projected out, did a little planning on uh, where the income would come from and had fill in a little more pieces of the mosaic that you're trying to put together, would that inform a better decision? Now, if the answer is yes, then you, that's your clue. Pause and, and gather enough of that to make a good decision. But we definitely don't want to call these bad decision makers and create any of these, turn any of these people into kind of an evil persona. We're lucky that we've got these kind of push ahead types among us and 
and realize the importance of getting going. And then we have the person who's kind of on the fence, the person that puts off making decisions as much as possible. And this person pretty much, they're ticking people off left and right too. Just a really insecure place to be. It's a very insecure place to be. And I would suspect where I would want to talk with the person who ends up just not making decisions is really if they are coming out of one of these black and white frameworks where they're a message in their ear that says there is a right decision here and there is a wrong decision and you better make the right decision. And so they just keep looking at data and talking to people and exploring. And since most decisions are a little more vague and ambiguous and complex than that, they're still not certain. And so they're looking for a certainty that isn't there. And that's where I would talk with these people is, are you looking for a certainty that it just is not available and you need to be able to go ahead and make the decision as informed as possible. So what these people are looking for is something earlier on where they have enough, and here's the key word, enough information, make a call. And part of what you're saying is that there has to be a fear or at least the lack, the loss of fear of being tied down to a decision, making a decision. And then if it doesn't work, then you're stuck. What we're saying is we want freedom from this. And we have freedom from this. That's a false um, assumption that we're we're making about decisions or about the fallout or what other people are going to say. Yeah. And finally, talk us through how you help someone who just doesn't make decisions. Mm. Well, this is tougher. This is tougher because we're all so different in this regard of why we don't want to go there. And here, I think if we could create a, a situation where people could do some reflection on ownership of the decision versus being blamed and disconnect those two things, I think people would be freed up to make decisions a little sooner. So on the one hand, they're going to own the decision. So a lot of energy and time is not wasted on you know blaming others. Two, if things don't work out, they're not in blame mode. One, not afraid of being blamed and not needing to blame others. So they're, they're still in decision-making mode. Again, what we call learn and adjust, learn and adjust. They're watching what's going on and adjusting. And so that instead of a failure mentality, we have a learning mentality. And instead of things not working out being a disaster, they're actually an opportunity to, ah, we learned that this doesn't work. And so now we move on to try something that might and we talked about in our in our last podcast, we mentioned briefly just the fact that these are things that are obviously our ideal decision-making reality. So our, and our workplaces are places that we are free to make decisions. And there are the consequences of the decision are not directly tied to whether we work there again or not. But talk us through just maybe just the realities of being in real situations where, as you said before, we're in places where there will be consequences if we make decisions that aren't the right decision as viewed by a superior or a company president. Or We have to come to terms with, that's a simple one, and let's conclude with that. You're going to decide, I am going to make the decisions I need to make, and they're going to be grounded in reality, and I'm going to be able to articulate the outcome I'm trying to achieve. If other people do not like that or do not agree with that, that's their purview. And if I lose my job over that, that's unfortunate. But the alternative is worse. As long as the alternative of work is worse for you, of this playing this game, of being afraid all the time, of trying to make things appear like someone else did it instead of you, you know, as long as you're willing to do that, they will be able to treat you that way. 
Sometimes we need to make a call and not be in those environments. So yes, there are consequences, but we, there is no alternative to needing to make decisions. You need to make decisions as you work through being more grounded in reality and outcome focused, using the tensions of time, whether it's urgent or you have time to gather more data and to have this kind of grounded security and confidence, a poise uh, about circumstances and, and the complex nature of the decisions you're, you're working with, you have a chance to, to grow and really make a difference on your team. And that's what we're trying to empower people do. Well, that's great, Carl. And as always, I like to remind people that sometimes we're just too close, too close to ourselves to really be able to dissect where we even fall in these categories of decision making. And as always, you're available to help people. This is what you do. That's right. We would love to meet you and hear about the odd and unique distinctives of your situation and walk alongside you in that. Well, this concludes our series on decision-making. I hope our readers have found it helpful. If you have any questions or comments, join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.